Welcome to the Sports Development Authority podcast. I'm Stacey Wells, current sports facility manager with experience in all facets of sports. From team mom, coach, starting a club, running a facility, to overseeing construction of the one I manage now. I help individuals and organizations create a plan, design, construct, and manage their sports dreams. This podcast will give you a few of the tips and tricks I've learned along the way. So today we are going to dive into a three-part series, and today we're going to go over the first part, and I'm going to really dive into the three crucial parts of youth sports and their development, how each play a very special role in the local economy, and how they create a pipeline of economic development. Oftentimes, neither organizations nor municipalities understand the importance of the three different parts why each one of them is so important for youth development and the economy. In this three-part series, I'm going to break down each one and explain how to begin one and why they are important for the next step. So our first step is going to be creating a recreational program. Often these are nonprofits, and there are many times of nonprofit organizations. Nonprofits are usually tax-exempt because they work toward the public interest. The different types are determined by the type of organization that you have. The more common ones are the 501c3 or a 501c7 for recreational sports, but you would definitely want to make sure you consult with an attorney or a tax professional to determine the best one to fit your needs. When you first go about starting to develop a program or an organization or a business for that matter, you want to put together a few things. You want to have your mission statement. This, think of this as your why. You want to have a business plan. Dope's basic questions. Who, when, where, what, and how. Your performance, the fundraising, sponsors, and partnerships, and last but not least is the programming of it. So first, let's talk about the mission statement. Like I said, this is your why. So this is why you're doing what you're doing, what you're hoping to obtain from this. A mission statement is just a short statement And it really just talks about why your organization or program exists. It should be your go-to when you have a problem. So if you've got a huge decision to make and you really don't know what to do, you have to go back to your why. Find out what your why is. Find out what your mission statement. And that should give you the good idea or the good answer for your question that you've got. Second, you're going to want to have your business plan. This is the who, what, when, where, and how for business. It's a document that communicates a company's goals and finances. So different from the mission statement, this one actually has the goals and the finances that you're going to obtain. It will give an outline of the management and the organization, what services and maybe what products you might offer, the demographic of the customer that you're planning to market to, and what even your marketing plan looks like. You'll want to have a market analysis done, and sometimes this is done by a third party. But part of the business plan will also be the where. This is a crucial part if you're just starting out an organization or if you're a community that's starting out with your own recreational programming. So if you do not have the facility, say a gym for instance, one of the options, maybe an area option that you could get started with if you don't have the funding to build your own to start with is schools. Creating a municipality program that runs out of schools can be beneficial, but it can also have challenges. So pros for the school, 
extra financial resources because you're going to pay them rent. You're going to pay them time for them for being able to use their facility. Pro another another con for the school could be schedules. So if you're a local school, most of the participants are already attending the school. But if you're using an outside of the area school, some schools insurance can throw red flags if a certain percentage of the participants aren't attending that school district. Pros for organizations, less overhead. Cons for organizations, scheduling. If a high school or a junior high or an elementary has programming, you're going to come second. Their school programming will come first. But this option can give the organization a great way to start bringing in revenue, which increases the opportunities from funding for sponsors and funding institutions. Maybe it's an outside activity. Sometimes it's easier to find an open space for soccer or flag football events, so ultimately you're going to have less overhead. And these sports are a great way to start if you don't have an option to indoor facilities. You just really have to go by what the weather in your particular area might have. In addition to a business plan, your financial institution might want a pro forma, which will give the hypothetical future expenses and income opportunities. This is where you'll want to break down the various leagues, inner tournaments, how many spectators, you're, if you're charging a gate or admission, if you're going to have concessions, if there's other opportunities for revenue that needed to be added here as well, such as sponsorships, maybe you're going to have a pro shop. The expenses will also be posted here such as leases or rent from the school or payroll, utilities, insurance, just anything that you can think of that might be coming out and coming in. When you put together both of these reports, a great way to show income is sponsorships or fundraising, like I had already mentioned. Sponsorships from area businesses or organizations that will pay you to advertise their business through your organization. It could be a vendor that you could also have a sponsorship dollars in return for your business, such as food and beverage vendors. Those are prime examples of sponsors. You receive money from them and in return, you purchase their products. Fundraising events are also a great way to help revenues as well. Fundraising and sponsorships, we'll go more in depth with both of those later. The programming of a recreational program could be the most important part of your organization. Recreational programming is often the first introduction of a sport to the young athlete. Registration is often taken in an individual basis because for young ones, they've never played these sports. So having a team already is not an option. These fees are usually very low since they are a community program and often rely on volunteers for the coaches. Many times there are parents that will want to coach their young player and a team of them. If you don't have parents that are willing to step up, sometimes you can look at the community leaders to step up and coach a team. So let's say for instance, ABC Bank has decided to sponsor a team. As a return, that bank gets their logo on the team shirt and that team name is now ABC Bank Team. Maybe the president or a loan officer of that bank would like to volunteer their time to coach those players. The sponsorship covers the cost of the shirts and often a portion of the cost of the officials, which the officials are usually just high school kids that are looking for a little extra cash and have a basic understanding of the sport in which they're officiating, or at least they should. Being able to offer coaching resources for the parents or volunteer coaches in order to create a positive and 
beneficial program is a must. Maybe you can connect with a local high school coach that meets with the coaches during a closed meeting. That coach can often put together a few basic drills and be a resource to help the volunteer parents. Through the season, have that coach and the high school players come to games, make a presence. This is such a huge part of the young players' love for the sport. It also helps build the community by tying together the program with the local school district. I think it's important to create an organization that works closely with local schools, whether that organization is a municipality or privately owned. On the recreational side, games are often played on a Saturday morning. Parents and grandparents come to watch, so an admission fee might be charged. If it's a community center or municipality program, the fee is often very low. Concessions are another factor that help bring in some revenue for the programming. It's good to designate a few nights a week to have practice times available for those teams. But depending on the age and skill set, having a short practice and then a shortened game immediately after might help with attention spans and being able to use some of the skills they just learned in a practice. Plus, with some families, committing to one day a week is easier and often better for the kids than multiple committed days when our lives are already so jam-packed. Year after year, you will retain players, and they will continue on their skills. And you will also have brand new players that will come in as well. Sometimes this can cause more difficulties with your program, and if not handled, can halt growth for your program. The next part of this series will go more in detail with that next step, and I believe is one of the most important steps, but the most underutilized in almost every single community. So make sure to tune in next week to find out how to expand your reach. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. If so, please make sure to leave a review. If your community is in need to create or expand their sports and event facilities or organizations, please do not hesitate to reach out to me so we can continue to build and develop our communities, economies, and most important, our youth. With me on LinkedIn and Linktree at Stacy D. Wells. Thank you for joining me on Sports Development Authority.